and welcome to another episode of Over Drinkers, the Story Screen Presents podcast where me, your host, Mike Burge, has a couple drinks, talks about a movie or two with a couple friends, and boy oh boy, do I have a couple friends tonight. Aww. Here at Overdrinkers, we tend to go a little long. Tonight, we're going to try and keep things crisp. That's what you do when you're nominated one of the top eight podcasts in the Hudson Valley. So sorry to disappoint everyone else, but uh, we're one of the top eight best, and uh, eight is the best Final Fantasy, so there we go. Made into the top mm. eight. Us, Tom. Uh, Tom from MySpace? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Man. okay. He has a good, his podcast is very good. Good yeah. music taste. Yeah, that yeah. Tom. Just him talking, though. Just him. Oddly enough, for as many friends as he's got. And these voices you're hearing are the lovely... Rob Bebe Anderson. And the equally lovely... Jack Kolodzewski. And we are here today. We're going to be talking about uh, that Spider-Man, uh, specifically Spider-Man Far From Home. But I think we're going to kind of touch on uh, just the uh, the oeuvre of Spider-Man in today and what's going on. Uh, we're going to very briefly touch on like a bunch of little different things that are happening in pop culture with your favorite friendly neighborhood web slinger. Uh, but a little bit of housekeeping real quick. Uh as is tradition on Overdrinkers, we have our conversation accompanied by a special beverage. Uh, so I whipped up together this uh, kind of weird concoction that I made back on May 5th, 2016, I think. It's it was the day. Was very it was, specific. It, it was the day uh, Civil War came out. Oh, it was the okay. Thursday premiere and it was on Sanco de Mayo. And so I put together this wow. kind of concoction that was utilizing tequila and kind of trying to get the blues and the reds of Spider-Man. So what we have here is is called a great responsibility and it is a uh, cold beverage served with club soda and the mix is uh, some lime juice uh, some cherry cola uh, we're using more good cherry cola right now which is absolutely phenomenal and you can only probably get it for the next couple of weeks once this episode posts uh, you mix that together with some uh, extra cherry juice maraschino works best you can garnish it with your favorite cherries and a lime and of course you got to get yourself some blue pop rocks so you guys uh, I have little uh Little balls of Pop Rocks that we've got here. Wow. You take those bad boys, and then you're just going to drop them right in. It's going to be great podcast audio. I was going to say, it's going to be the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just going to okay. go the whole. Uh, and uh, say it. Say, say it. it. You know how much I sacrificed? Got a speed Spider-Man. Oh, there you go. Spicy. Mm. 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 Cheers. Man, Let me tell you, you dear reader, you are missing out by this being an audio-only podcast. Because mm. this yum, is yum. a special-looking beverage. Mm. With great power. Yum. With great power. Yeah, these babies are just going to be cooking yeah, the, the whole, whole time. time. They don't shut up. Yep. Like Spider-Man. Great. Yep. Cool. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's it. Uh, and so uh, let's jump right into it. We're talking about that 2019 uh, John Watts film. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that uh, Pretty sure. was kind of like the so-called palate cleanser of the uh, 2019 Marvel Cinematic Universe. We had Captain Marvel back in February. We had, of course, Endgame in late April. And then in July. These are good, right? It's just going to be. It's really going to be. And in uh, July, we had um, Spider-Man Far From Home, the follow-up to Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, you guys saw this uh, pretty much like when it came out. Uh, I was like a little lag on six it. Six or seven I, months ago, I think at this point, it feels like. I've seen like. it three times. Okay. Yeah. So it is it was forever ingrained in my memory. And that is good. That is good. Because, you know, hot take, I really liked it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Also hot take. The hot take boys are here. Hot take boys are here with our hot takes. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. 
so obviously there's going to be some spoilers on here. Spider-Man Far From Home has been out for a little while. We're just going to kind of jump in and have ourselves a nice, relaxing time. Before we get into the Spidey, which everybody's here for, let's annoy the listeners with some personal ketchup. How are you guys doing? Oh, Personal yeah. catsup. Mm. Personal ketchup, a little tomato sauce, a little tomato sauce and some problems. A little bit of sugar. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've been doing all right. Uh, just kind of been chilling, working at the theater, doing the thing. We had Spider-Man Far From Home for a little bit. Yep. Um, that was fun. Uh, playing Persona 5. Nice. That's a video game. Yeah. That's fun. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like a Japan anime game. Maybe we'll sneak a little bit more of that talk in. A little teaser, a little teaser, foreshadowing. But I've been doing all right. I mean, I see you guys off mic a lot, you know, especially Mike off mic. I see Mike off mic. You see a lot of Mike off mic. I'm around. Yeah. 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 I don't see as much Mike off mic as I would like to see Mike. I'm going to eat my little. Yeah, maybe that would actually Maybe we should eat it. I feel like it's so soggy, though. Oh, now. Yeah, this is good. Oh, Mm-hmm. This is going to be really good audio. This, like, kind of mouth sound. Mm, now it's of. in my brain. Instead <laughs> mm-hmm. of on the mic. Yeah. Yum. Now yeah. I'm hearing it forever instead of you, the listener. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess you could maybe, like, mm. put together, like, a bunch of, like, shots of Pop Rocks and stuff. And like then everybody's, chase, like, like, chase it or baka, something. Baka, baka, baka. That's a lot. I, there's tequila in this thing, though? Oh, yeah. Tequila. I, I think you forgot good. to mention the tequila. Did I not mention the tequila? No. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> fucking tequila. I think there. you said the tequila, but I'm. this is more from a place of, like, I dislike tequila actively, and this is tasty, so. I don't like tequila straight well up. Done. Tequila straight up is not my shit. It's so mm-hmm. good. But I like tequila mixture. I like mezcal a lot. That's, like, one of the few tequilas, and I'm like, this is actually good. It's a smoky. Yeah, this is a nice little Blanco. Yeah. But, uh, is Blanco it. the one with the, the uh, skeleton on the front? Blanco is just a type of tequila. It's white. It's clear. Oh. Is there a brand like that? Probably. I don't really know too much about tequila. Yeah, this is some cheap stuff. Tequila is good because it's it's a lot like whiskey. It's like you can just, like straight up just like Kentucky whiskey, you can get like yeah. the cheapest bottle you can find and it's going to do the job just right. It will there do the go. job. You might go a little blind, but it will, it'll get you You got to drink a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I drink a lot of it and uh, I'm still seeing so just fine. Yeah. So no, only me. person in the room without glasses. So. Boom. True. When I, when I feel like it. That is true. You have your. They might as well not even have lenses in those. This is like little blue lens glasses. Okay. Yeah, filter light. The computer filter screen. light. Filter light. They look good. Yeah. yeah. Get migraines. Um. But yeah, that's my bit about me. Oh, also, I wrote an article about Spider-Man recently. That's going to be posted soon. Mm. I wrote. That'll it. probably be going up the same day that this is. We'll maybe release them in tandem. That'd be fun. Yeah. Is your third article, fourth Second. article this on is the, Spider-Man? This is my book on Spider-Man. This is the, the local Spider-Man historian, <laughs> Robert Anderson. Uh, I've written a lot of pages on him now, but it is uh, my first article on Spider-Man came out a few years ago, right around the time Homecoming came out, and it was about um, what makes a good Spider-Man movie and what I thought like the best Spider-Man movie was at the time. So this is before Into the Spider-Verse. This is before Far From Home. Oh, and what's, then, your, what's your new ranking now? I think Spider-Verse is my number one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I really like Far From Home, that's though. That's legit. Spider-Verse is, like, more of a like Spider-Man movie, whereas, like, Far From Home is, like, an MCU movie. Maybe we can talk more about that soon. Definitely. But the second article, Super Pinions Part 2, is um, it's about how we are in the golden age of Spider-Man these past few years. Because, like, from games, comics, movies, otherwise, like, it's just, it's a really good time to be a Spider-Man fan, I think. Hell yeah. Yeah. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Me yeah, too. Yeah. I haven't written any articles on Spider-Man, but uh, looking, uh, looking yeah. forward to talking about it because you guys saw the, this movie and you guys have probably been talking about it a little, a little bit between yourselves, but I haven't 
I haven't been a part of the conversation. And I want to say, like, uh, kudos to Robbie, who I pretty much see just about every day, keeping tight-lipped on certain things that happened in that movie that I was just like... <gasps> so did you see this more recently, then? I just saw it? this maybe, like, what, five days ago or, so, or yeah. something like that? Nice yeah, try, I finally, like, sat down and watched it. Um, and it's, uh, v- it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is fun. Very silly, but kind of in the, in the way that you would expect, like, you know, Homecoming was just so kind of like, you know, everybody's got that thing where it's, it's like, um, J- like John Hughes directed a Spider-Man movie or like right. wrote a Spider-Man movie. It, that's even better. Cause like, this isn't directed like John Hughes would direct something, but it's, uh, definitely, of that kind of teen spirit where like the drama and really is kind of coming from grounded mm. stuff that we can all kind of yeah. associate with. That's what they're going for. They hit and miss throughout this one. Probably they probably miss a little bit more in this one than they do hit in the first one. I think, I think homecoming is a very, very, very good origin story for Spider-Man in the, in the sense of how it was an origin story. Yeah. Well, they took a lot of like the weight of having to be an origin, origin story off with civil war. And even Civil War didn't really do, like, origins so much. They kind of just, like, right. put you yeah. in there. In this movie, like, it doesn't necessarily tell you how he got his powers or, like, how he learned to use them. But it does kind of give you uh, – Homecoming, rather, did give you, yeah. like, this really good breadth of who Spider-Man is and him kind of becoming, you know, not just a friendly neighborhood but realizing, like, oh, I want to try and be something bigger and yeah. – that was the really interesting thing about Homecoming. And then obviously you get all the things that happen in Infinity War and Endgame. And now he has to kind of – Peter Parker has to kind of uh, – who's Spider-Man, by the way? Uh, has to kind mm. of uh, try and figure out how to deal with you know not being – because he's kind of got what he wanted now. He's yeah. an Avenger. But now he's kind of like, I don't want to do all this. Like I kind of just want to be a kid sometimes and be able to – it's like getting a full-time job when you're like after getting out of an internship. You're just right. like, well, now, like now this is this is the gig. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, an interesting summation of like kind of all the all the points you just brought up is, you know, Homecoming is very much about like with great power. It's him kind of like really yearning to use this great power and put on his big boy pants, even though he may not be ready. And then uh, Far From Home is about with great responsibility. It's him kind of shying away, trying to shirk away the responsibilities of the fact that he is now in the big leagues. Yeah. You know, the the paradigms of the Avengers have forever shifted since Endgame. And he has to kind of like deal with, you know, maybe being the next Tony Stark, maybe being like one of the last bastions of superheroes. I, I think he's dealing with A, being dead for five mm-hmm. years, which is interesting. I want to come back to it a little bit. But he's also yes. dealing with, um, you know, kind of the like the reality of the consequence of this kind of thing because of Tony Stark's death. So he's, he's going into this and he yearned, like you guys said, in homecoming to be an adventure so badly. And then he comes back in this one in far from home. And he's kind of just like, actually, I kind of just want to be a friendly neighborhood or actually I just want to go on vacation. Actually, I just want to chat with MJ and maybe get a smooch on. Yeah. I just want to be a person. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing is, you know, that, like you said, that responsibility is like kind of, don't really have so much of the opportunity to do that, which is when I think Spider-Man is always at his best is when he's struggling to just be a person and also struggling with, you know, his responsibilities. Yeah. I mean, we see a little bit of that and maybe not to jump ahead too much, but, you know, Into the Spider-Verse also kind of deals with that idea of Peter not wanting to to totally cope with his responsibilities. And, you know, in Spider-Verse, he, he uses different coping mechanisms to maybe run away, but also like simultaneously save the day. Mm-hmm. Um and they use that to like varying angles. But yeah, I always like that kind of inner turmoil and like that's happened ever since like Spider-Man 
in the comics for sure, but cinematically ever since Spider-Man 2. Yeah. It's him kind of being like, I don't know if this is exactly what I signed up for. And it's kind of like, it's too late because now that you're here, the world needs you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what will be interesting moving forward with this MCU version of Peter Parker is if he's graduating high school and he goes out on his own, then you get the Peter Parker who is broke and who has to pay rent. The more like Tobey Maguire Peter Parker. Yeah, but he has like all that stark money. Unless they I guess he out does have that. that. Yeah, I guess they don't. Him, yeah. I guess they don't really ever have to go that route with him. But maybe yeah. just like the idea of you know, I think. Peter Parker is at his best when he's dealing with that sort of like push pull. And I guess maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more coming up soon, but yes, from Marvel's Spider-Man, the The Sony produced video game Mm -hmm. uh, where he's kind of like dealing with that sort of like, I have to pay my rent and feed myself and sleep every once in a while. And yet still I have to like deal with all everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think in the MCU, the way that they can kind of, you know, it's a movie, so they can pretty much just introduce anything that makes sense to be able to fix any problem that they might have left over from another one. Yes. And him, you know, being like Tony Stark's, you know, surrogate son, essentially, does leave open the idea of like, well, then how is he going to like, he's just going to have money all the time, so he can kind of do whatever he wants. And that's going to become a big thing where I would imagine they're going to do something along the lines of like a takeover of the company, Justin Hammer, Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer could come back and he's the whole movie could be kind of operating around Justin Hammer is coming in and he is suing like Stark Industries for blah, 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 and takes over and like takes all of the things away. And now all of a sudden Peter Parker just has his normal suit again. Sure. Or we can introduce Oscorp in that same way. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, kind of like to pull back in like the more like meta sense, like the real world, real world meta um, I think Tom Holland only has one more movie in his contract, mm-hmm. and I wonder if he'll re- if he can renegotiate or if Sony's going to try and take it back. Well, that's their whole thing. Yeah, is they're kind of like, you know. wow. But it sucks because they're setting him up to be like you know this. They're setting up him up in a way where he could be like the main face of the MCU for the next ten years. Let me ask you this: Does he have one more movie in his contract as Spider Man? I don't know, but like, mm. what is what do you think I make him Iron Man then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's exactly yeah, what they're going to do. Yeah, they could do, do that. I mean, but he just has like you keep Tom powers. Yeah, uh, it's no. I, well, I mean, we okay. also don't know what the MCU is going to look like two years from now. Like, it's going it's to fair. be completely changed in the next two years with that line of the paradigms will shift for yeah. sure. I think it's going to be less that Peter Parker is no longer Spider Man, so much as there is a new Spider Man and Peter Parker's role maybe shifts a little yeah. bit. I'd like to see Tom Holland still in these movies though, because oh is, yeah, definitely. He's a but fucking treat. I I could I definitely could see the MCU going the Miles Morales route. Yeah. The problem still persists though that Sony owns Spider Man. It doesn't matter if it's Peter Parker or, or Miles, Miles Morales. Yeah. They own Spider Man. It's all about whether or not they want to. Uh, continue to allow the MCU to like in Disney and Marvel to make money off of a property that they paid good money for a long well, time I mean, ago. Disney could just buy Sony, honestly. The or that could happen. Why yeah. so, <laughs> the fuck like, not, right? You know. Um yeah, I mean I think the the thing the negotiation was that Spider Man Farm Home had to break a million for them to keep the rights for another movie. One million. Or I'm sorry, one billion. Ah. It was a break a billion. Ah. Um they <laughs> they made a few millions. Um and I think a week ago they like just hit it, and I'm sure it's gonna just keep making money from there on too. I, I would be surprised. Like, what what mo- what Marvel movie that has been announced in the next 
two years do you think is not going to make a billion dollars? Maybe the Doctor Strange spooky one? I think it still could, man. I mean, I mean, if anything, Endgame showed us that, or, or Infinity War showed us that people are down with the Doc. Like they, yeah. people really True. like him. He really was like True. a main figure. I'm just saying, like that. maybe yeah. if it's if they yeah. really go for. I mean, honestly, the, the Eternals movie. is really weird. I'm really interested to see how Chloe they're going to spin Zahn, that. Chloe Zhao, though. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Everybody loves Chloe Zhao. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I'm not. Woody, yeah, no, I'm not nobody saying. Nobody knows who Chloe Zahn is. No, I, Robbie likes Chloe. No, Rob, I, and I like Chloe Zahn. But I'm that's saying not I like, think the I think the Eternals is going to like get really positive critical reception, most, and then yeah, that's going to bring people is she, in. Is she know? the one that was in Captain Marvel and they're just recasting her? Chloe Zahn. She's the director of. She's the director. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about uh, she was in Captain Marvel, the actress that just got not, said like she's going to appear in the Eternals, but probably as a different character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I can't imagine they bring that character back. No, from Captain Marvel. No, that that we're about. super memorable. She's like the like the. She's one of like the green bad people. The scrolls? No, no, like the Nova no. Corps. Uh, she's like one of oh, those ones. Yeah, yeah she's the one with the triple <laughs> the, with the triple take. I think. Oh, that's actually sick. Well, yeah. I mean, that's fine. I mean, that character doesn't. She's and mad makeup all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah, true. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for the Eternals is actually like the movie I'm like personally the most excited. I'm not saying like you know, I'm not saying like the mindshare is super excited for the Eternals. I think the Eternals is honestly a weird pitch, but I'm the most excited for the Eternals because of Chloe's on and what I've seen her do in the writer and the pitch of the Eternals is like this familial superpower family who are ancient beings, who are related to Thanos, who, you know, we're going to see them have to deal with, like, what their sibling kind of did and how they relate to it and how they're ooh. just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, this Awkward is weird. when and your maybe, family member does a genocide. Yeah. Like, universally. So I think uh, that those those are, like, the elements of the Eternals. And I don't really know much about, like, the source material, but, like, just those things alone has me, like, all in. Like, I'm super pumped for it. Let's go back to Far From Home. Spider-Man. We've, we've straight. I don't want to take the reins from you here, Burge. You guys are talking. But, <laughs> oh, I haven't, like, talked about this movie at all with anybody, really, besides my wife, who I went to see it with. But, uh, I really, one of the things that I really liked about this movie, not just as, like, a Spider-Man movie, but just as, like, the next movie in the MCU is kind of how... It did take a step back and it was a lot more light, lighthearted and like you said, like a palate cleanser. But it immediately dealt with some of the like the outcomes, the fallout from the end of Endgame. And like some of the questions that we all had kind of going into this movie were like, okay, so Peter Parker and like his entire high school class all happened to be snapped out of existence. And they all like kind of came back and like they played with that. And they're like, oh, this one kid who like – did not get blipped to suddenly like our age it is, and is weird now, yeah yeah and is now like hitting on mj because he got all hunky and stuff um and i liked how it like it dealt with a lot of that stuff that is like kind of almost mcu housekeeping at this point to like move from one big phase into the next and it kind of feels like a like a, a bridge almost to like the next phase of the mcu but like it dealt with that stuff pretty directly like pretty red up front and I thought the way that they kind of mostly did the heavy lifting with that, with the opening of yeah. the like memorial, the like school so like morning good. announcements uh, memorial thing, which those two were in Homecoming as well. I, think, I believe right? so. Yeah. yeah, they were very funny. Yeah, uh, their like kind of reaction, like almost audience surrogate, like 
like throwing all that stuff out there about the like, Avengers even like, a thing anymore. Basically <laughs> explaining everything that happened in Endgame like through the lens of these two high school like morning announcements. Yeah, was very good. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I thought that was handled very well. Yeah, that's uh, the 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 girl that eventually becomes the uh, friend character's girlfriend, that's, and it's kind of yeah. a running gag. That's Betty. She's um, right. Betty Brandt, I think. Uh, she's from uh, the comics. Like she dated Peter Parker at the Daily Bugle uh, for a while, like in between like Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy and stuff like that. So it was really funny that she was kind of like an Easter egg in Homecoming, and then they got the same actress to come back, and then she's kind of more of a bigger part in this yeah. one. And, and you have her date, you know, Ned's kind of like the, uh, I, I'm going to pronounce the name wrong. I think it's like Gonky or Genki, which is like Miles's best friend from the comics. Like they, they have very similar, like kind of archetypes. Yeah. Okay. yeah they kind of like meld them together. Yeah, which stuff. I think is the best way to do it for, for sure. The, I mean, the actor's really, really good. The character's funny, but yeah. it never becomes really annoying, which is very easy to do with characters like that. So yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I really liked about homecoming or I'm sorry, I'm far from home. Well, is uh, how the movie is kind of like two movies. And like, you know, in home in Homecoming, we have this kind of like uh, John Hughes uh, aspect to it. And it's kind of like the whole time, like it's like Spider-Man DNA Helix with like that type of like classroom 80s drama. And in this movie, we kind of split the difference where it's like the first half of the movie is just like vacation all I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the movie is just like hard MCU Spider-Man movie. True. And I actually really like that. And I think it's really the reason I really liked it is the way they handled Mysterio by mm-hmm. kind of giving comic book fans what they always wanted with Mysterio aesthetically, who he is as a character, and then MCUifying him. Yeah. If that's a term. And I, I think that's like one of the best remixes of a character For sure. I've ever seen. It actually like, I loved it. It gave me uh, Mandarin vibes. Little bit, the yeah. way that they rewrote that character and like yeah. kind of reimagined him. He's like he's still like he's still got like a kind of goofy quality to him that Mysterio mm-hmm. always has in like this kind of like slapstick kind of way. Like the whole like the, one of the, like the big stories like uh, Spider Man Four, Sam Raimi Spider Man Four that he was going to try to make to like bounce back from three was Mysterio. Was, well, no, Vulture was like oh. the main one. I think Black Cat was in there and stuff, but it was like name something else, and it was going to be like a Lady Vulture. Weird stuff, but the beginning was going to be him taking down Shocker, Mysterio, Electro, all of these lesser knowns. That Electro he, was in. Oh no, wait, that was amazing. That was amazing. Never yeah, mind. it was going to be yeah. him like a, a montage of him like taking down all these guys and Mysterio kind of being like this fat, blubby character oh, uh, that they're like kind of like handcuffed, taking him out of a bank and stuff. And he's mm-hmm. just like, I would have tricked y'all if it wasn't for this blasted kid. Kind of very Scooby Doo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you know, and Mysterio's always kind of had that, even in like the video game, which we'll get to. In a different episode, uh, Mysterio in that is really much presented as like it's like at a costume party, you know, like there's a real Mysterio out there and we don't we don't see him. No, but it's like it's presented as kind of this joke. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the really interesting things about Far From Home's advertising campaign is they were like Mysterio. He's a good guy. And absolutely every single person who has ever read the comics and has a Twitter account was like, I don't know. If about you're going to believe anything that Mysterio says, you're a fucking idiot. And I was one of those people. I didn't go on Twitter because I'm not a fucking idiot. I'm just an idiot. And so it was like, no, he's, he's that. But the movie, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's Charm, the fact that they oh, make him so look like good. Robert Downey so Jr. Man. And the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal also was almost Spider-Man. These things That's true. on different yeah. levels, all three of them kind of work together to really make you 
you never for once think that Mysterio is not the bad guy because guess what? There was no other bad guy advertised. So, there's no other bad guy there. It's going to have no other to guy. be Mysterio. I thought the avenue was going to be a little different. I thought that he was going to have like a turn, like not so much that he was bad the whole time, but and like this, this is because like watching the movie and getting to like the point of change, I thought it was just like, oh, something is going to happen to him. He's going to get the glasses and he's going to be like, actually, I can do some bad shit and then he's going to become bad. But then they did the big, no, I, the big illusion trick. No, and I, I, and, I, I, and I loved it. it too. I just thought the movie did a good job of like me knowing Mysterio bad guy, me yeah. kind of being in the same seat as Burge being like, I know he's going to be bad the whole time. When watching the movie, they almost got me. They almost yeah. got me to yeah. rethink the way I felt about it. And I thought they again. I think he is. You know, I, I think that's like the 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 two standouts from from Homecoming and Far From Home is that like the way these villains are handled is masterclass. Yeah, like, it is so it's just great adaptations of like the Vulture and Mysterio mm-hmm. into. These are very goofy characters. Yeah, yeah. and, and they they are handled with like a certain sense of pathos that Mm -hmm. gives them weight and depth Mysterio like him like jumping up on the bar and like doing this gigantic speech and pointing out characters from other movies like it's not just a way to kind of tie the the rounds of everything where they superimpose Jake Gyllenhaal into the background of a scene from Civil War right it does that and it does that well but it's also just like yeah Mysterio's fucking goofy this is a goofy idea this is a goofy character and the fact that he's able to trick everybody into thinking that what he's doing is correct, that's the coolest thing in the world. And he like kind of like glorifies in that where it's yeah. like there's no more heroes around. Nobody's going to be messing with us anymore. <laughs> yeah. And they use the – I also – I was just thinking about Nick Fury for a second in the way that like Samuel Jackson plays Nick Fury but different mm-hmm. in this movie. And like watching it three times, you really notice like – just like how good of an actor he is, because he plays Nick Fury different in this movie. He plays like, he someone literally, playing Nick Fury. He plays someone playing. He like he, he like you know when you when you like think about Ben Mendelsohn playing the scroll from like Captain Marvel, like he is playing that character, mm-hmm. and it's just these subtle differences. And when you yeah. watch it a few more times, you really can no one hundred like it's when when you masterful. get that reveal at the end, yeah. you go, oh, that's why. Like I was like, man, they're really gonna try and get away with tricking Nick Fury. On yeah, this he, shit. he's like totally incompetent this whole movie. But it's also like you can believe that because you're like yeah. he's been away for five years. He's got that line. He's like, I used to know everything, and now I blah 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 blah. And it's yeah. like it makes sense for you in the moment, and you're kind of maybe mad about it, especially if like you're really into the comics. And Nick Fury is like very rarely ever gets fooled and when he does it's supposed to be a big deal and the yeah. idea of Mysterio of all people being able to trick Nick Fury makes no sense right. which is what like the whole movie is really just kind of joking around and taking itself seriously and dealing with these serious ideas and these serious themes of belief and totality and yeah. destiny and stuff like that and control and then at the end you just kind of get this quick little joke which is like I love that they're making the after credit scenes, not the mid-credit ones where they kind of push the story a little bit more and it's a tag. I love that the little after the credits ones have always just been kind of focusing more on comedy. Yeah. Like the Captain Marvel one is like the cat like coughing up a hairball mm-hmm. and coughing up the Tesseract onto Nick Fury's desk. It's right. great. It's funny. But in this one, like they get away with the gag, but they also like, you know, that scene is propelling the future of the MCU in oh, a yeah. big way. Like he's essentially at like what people are theorizing to be, which I think is accurate, sword base. And, you know, he's been plugging away at making this intergalactic defense shield that is, you know, for the planet 
you know, now that they've been threatened by intergalactic kind of warfare. And, like, it it makes sense that someone who's as controlling and as crazy as Nick Fury would go to such lengths to keep this plan of his secret. And, I, and, I, and like, we get that all in, like, five minutes, three minutes, you know? He wouldn't have learned his cool. lessons from exactly what happened in Winter Soldier. I'm out of my depth here. Well, he's well, honestly, he's starting this one, his own. Whereas Shield, he came into. I guess. And Shield had already been, you know, infiltrated by absolute Hydra power. Point. You know what they say about that stuff? Well, I mean, I think that you know, Sword Base is not going to be the end all, be all, totally working thing. I'm sure it will come back to bite him in some way. Yeah. Nick Fury is not is not always a good guy. He has the best intentions, but he will step on the throat of anyone to kind of do what he thinks is right. True. Uh, I want to go back to um, Mysterio really quick before we get too far away from that. But one of my disappointments with this movie lies in how good Jake Gyllenhaal is mm-hmm. and how they, you know, they kind of killmonger him at the end. Which is, I, I really think, one of the things I'm glad that they did with Vulture is they at least kept him alive in their back pocket. So if they need Vulture again later, he is still at least in fiction still alive. I just like Jake Gyllenhaal so much, man. I don't know. I mean, that's why they killed him, dude. Do you guys think he's actually dead, though? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, they can rework anything. I think that from what we're given, uh, there's no reason to believe that he's not. I think from what we're given, he's definitely alive. Allow me to explain. Please. So at the end of the movie, he's like in his mocap suit. He's dying, right? And when he puts on the glasses, he's like, is this real? And uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, Eden, she says, there's no more illusions. But she doesn't say he's dead. She doesn't answer that question. And then when we get the, Peter Parker's trying to kill me, he's doing this thing. He's in his classic Mysterio outfit during that Daily Bugle report, which means that he has doctored the footage in post. No, no, no. That was done earlier did that by while his friend. That the was bridge. the USB thing where he was like, initiate sure. the plant. I'm positive that's what happened in the movie is he says initiate the plan and he goes are you sure and he's like do it and he like downloads the usb and it's something that he has already pre-recorded that is superimposed on there in post like you say but that's what that whole scene is okay is it possible that he's alive 100 percent. sure i mean it's not like killmonger where he's a hundred percent dead i think yeah i think that killmonger being dead and mysterio being dead, I think one's a little bit more of a question. Well, it comes, could also it, be alive. Like it still it, comes it from the same place. They can do whatever place. they want. They it's, run it, yeah. It still comes from the same place that the villain was very charming and very engaging. And I would prefer them to at least have the option of still being around if they came back again later. Especially if they're going to break into alternate universes. Who's True. to say that, you know, Michael B. Jordan and Jake Gyllenhaal aren't kicking around in like an alternate universe and maybe right. they're not Mysterio and maybe like – that would be a very interesting twist to have Michael B. Jordan play a character who is not Killmonger, who is actually a good person in all, in the ostensible sense of like a good guy person in this alternate reality. And all of a sudden he comes in, they're like, you're a guy that did this. And he's like, I would never do that. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I can trust you. And he's like, well, I'm on your planet now and I am a member of the royal family of Wakanda. Right. So what do you want me to do? Just not care about my people? And they're like, dude, can we trust you? Yeah. That'd be a very interesting thing to do and be a way to bring Michael B. Jordan back so he can actually get his fucking Academy Award. I'd like that. Um, I, it's interesting that they that they in this movie kind of sow the seeds of the multiverse, which has always been a Marvel thing, right? But not so not insofar as the MCU, right? But it's it's a lie 
but maybe not it's, really. It's very cool. It's very, very clever, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the one of the like, red herrings of it is that uh, uh, Mysterio says he's from, like, Earth 616, or, like, this is Earth 616, but, like, in canon, like, the oh, MCU boy. is in, like, Earth, like, 999999. Well, I'm not trying to sound like a dick about it. No, no, no. It, that's like, 100% like an inside joke. Is yeah. like, if you know what the universes are, 616 yeah. is the comics, is the main streamline in the comics. Right. And the MCU is something like, yeah, like 9991. Yeah, it's something weird like that. So, like, you know, it's. It's oh him immediately, but that's but that's yeah. the thing. They're that's they're ca- winks, baby. They're yeah. catering to the audience in that sense, where it's like, you know, the casual audience, or not even so casual, like people who aren't super familiar with the comic books in that realm. I've seen twenty four of these movies now. I don't know if I'm that casual, but I having not read most of the comic right. books. It's, I mean, they like, even they even there's like tears hint towards. Uh, I read it, it online. I didn't know it like immediately. I I had to do outside research right. you know yeah they even hint jokingly towards uh flash thompson's uh heroin addiction at the end of this movie with uh his mom's not there because he has problems with his parents and he's yeah. rich and he ends up getting addicted to heroin and that's like a whole plot Wowzers. with flash thompson yeah yeah it's a big I, had deal. A, I had a fun theory do are they going to do that in the disney mcu spider-man universe i don't Probably know not. not so i the second time i saw this movie i saw it with a friend of the show linda Kudega. And when we were getting to the end of it, I was just like, I feel like the Green Goblin's going to be the next villain. And she's like, why? I was like, well, I, w- I think because, uh, you know, all the villains so far have this kind of like green motif from like the Vulture to Magneto to uh, the Daily to or I'm sorry, not Magneto, uh, Mysterio to uh, the Daily Bugle, you know, like James. green is like the color of bad. Right. Okay. I was like, I feel like the Green Goblin's going to be it, but I don't know how they're going to incorporate Oscorp or anything like that. She's like, oh, it'd be Flash. Flash would be the Green Goblin. And I was like, because he's like rich. He has like mom issues. Maybe the mom is like the corporate head of Oscorp. Maybe they'll remix it in that way. And I was like, that's a great idea. I think that's a great surprising way to kind of like blindside you with like introducing that character. Could do that. I mean, there's no Harry really. So yeah, I think it'd be weirder to introduce a Harry than it would be to kind of like flip someone into that character. And I just like, you know, I mean, who knows? I don't know, though, because Flash dearly loves Spider-Man. Like something really nasty would need to. I mean, I don't I would even read it like after this movie, I would see Flash reacting to if we are to believe at face value that the after the credits with Mysterio revealing Peter yeah. Parker is Spider-Man and then the lie that like I would could almost see Flash being the one. Well, actually, now that he knows that he's Peter Parker. Hmm, that's interesting. He could be like, well, really Peter can do that. it. Yeah. I can do it. I have like the funds to Yeah, do it. I wonder. Who knows, you know? It's like, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is interesting to see what they do, that what they would do with Flash in the next one. I think that, Flash you know. Flash was Venom. Flash was Venom. And I think that, you know, showing, there is, not to say that he's definitely going to be a Green Goblin. I think that's like a fun theory that's basically, that's based mostly on like, the color green is bad. But, you know, I think there's a reason they're showing us the mom thing at the end. And that's going to have to lead to something, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it, I it, at the very least, just like humanize Flash a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of it's kind of tropey, but like the the rich kid who like seemingly has it all, but really not what actually matters. Yeah. Be interesting for sure. I don't know if they go that way, but again, like they can kind of remix and do whatever they want at for this sure. point. So like I I wouldn't be against them doing it as long as they could pull it off correctly. And I'll be honest, like going into a Mysterio Spider-Man movie I'm pretty in 2019, I was yeah. kind of like, well, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've, they have a pretty good track record. These movies are, are a ton of fun and, you know, they kind of make good on the promise of 
of pushing the main plot of the MCU while also like telling a pretty solid Spider-Man story. And also opening up a lot of other doors as we were just talking about with the yeah. multiverse kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I also like, uh, you know, I, I actually just watched The Lion King uh, for the first time right before we started recording this. And I really kind of do like how Disney, you know, and this could just be maybe me reading into it a bit much. I'm not necessarily looking for this thing, but I always am kind of open to the idea because I know the types of people that are working on these projects, uh, not like personally, but like as public figures and stuff. And, um, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home has a very big kind of uh, fake news yeah. Trump administration vibe to it with the illusions and the believing and a lot of the things Jake Gyllenhaal says while they might be charismatic and more charismatically stated than certain people in reality. <laughs> uh, they all really do kind of become the same thing and just like the whole thing, truth is not truth and stuff like that. They believe like, what I, I tell mean, them to yeah, yeah, People it, want he, to believe something now so like they'll believe anything. He, he literally uses – to me it's – Almost more Bush. It's kind of an, an amalgamation of Bush and Trump because he says like he uses the traumatic uh, yes. event of the blip, which I don't love. I'm that. into it. I don't love. It's that. a comic. The, it's a comic. The, the term. blip. So apparently, it's the snap is when everyone got disappeared. The blip is when everyone came back. Yeah, but nobody ever called it the snap. Yeah. Yeah, the snap would kind of just be like an inside baseball sort of like yeah. Avengers. It's one of the things of. that I'm really upset about with Endgame and like not really upset about. I don't like that's a gross exaggeration, but like I don't like that it's always a snap because it doesn't have to be a snap. That's one thing that happened in the comics mm -hmm. 30 years ago. Like you can just have the things and you can just go, mm, but a snap is physical. It's literal. It's a signal. And you having Tony do it. Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But it's also kind of like I like that they don't call it the snap or the snapping and everything that like fans came up with. I do like that there's like, it's the blip and it's being referred to as, because 50% of the population is like, it wasn't a snap to me. It was like, yeah. all of a sudden I was staring at, I was staring at Jack and then all of a sudden I'm in the same space and nobody's there anymore. Like it was more of a blip than like mm -hmm. that probably just stuck like media kind of yep. thing. Yeah. Sure. No, I, like I, I like it too. Anyway, going back to my point, he uses like the traumatic, huge earth shaking event to be able to he, he he uses it as like a vulnerability of people to like want to believe things Absolutely, and like yeah. and that is 911 to me more yeah, than yeah. anything that Trump has done well or sure. Boros kind of yeah, infinity of course, snake of eats yeah. yeah sure but also in the lion king they have that one line uh with Seth Rogen uh spoilers for the lion king uh uh Seth Rogen as Pumbaa who I think is a very inspired performance um when he fights the hyenas and the hyenas call him chubby mm -hmm. and he's just like, I'll run away from hyenas every day, but what I won't stand is a bully. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, look, I get how completely just flat that entire thing can be on the spectrum and it can be alchemated to absolutely anything, but you have a movie that is just predominantly an entire black cast uh, and you have a line about – you mentioned anything about fighting back to a bully even though it's something that you would typically be scared of if they weren't being a bully, if they were just an evil force and you say, I'm going to fight back because it's a bully and I don't stand up to that. That's a little thing that I think is in there intentionally mm -hmm. and the fact that Disney is able to find these very meager ways to be able to put that in – and even if I'm just reading into it, uh, I'm I'm seeing that in there and I think that's really fucking That cool. line was not in the original? 
Uh, I don't mm. believe that that scene's in the original. I, I definitely it's, it's, uh, the action of it is similar. Yeah, call but out that line and is very pointed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's also lines earlier in the movie when they're actually doing the Hakuna Matata. Robbie and I talked about yeah. this on the hot. We're talking about like the where uh, they're basically the nihilists. No, yeah. they're nihilists. Yeah. Like yeah. they're like, oh well, nothing matters. We're just gonna die. So why don't we just do whatever we Life want? Life is more of like a straight line. Than yeah. A circle. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna die. You're probably gonna kill us or one of your friends or something like that. Yeah. We'll kill us. So we're just gonna do whatever the fuck we want until we die Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think you know we talked about like uh flash in the comics like having to do with like heroin and things like that and i feel and we're kind of like well they might not do that in the disney mc movie but i also think that's kind of like they may not do that exactly but they might find a really creative way to like do something like it like maybe it's not heroin maybe it's like you know mcu drug or something like that but like it's it could just be pills i mean pills are a much more palatable way to have a drug i think harry osborne also had a pill problem in the comic books as well he did he hurt his back the poor little boy Mm -hmm. so it would not be the thing is like i think that opiates man it's a real problem in our country yeah that's true i mean to my knowledge um the director said that the trilogy of spider-man movies he has planned is supposed to be sophomore year junior year senior year so we may not get the Tom Holland in college beyond scenario quite yet, mm-hmm. or if the contract's up, ever we shall see. I but, mean, uh, look, I I don't need a I don't need a Green Goblin. Sure. Our, bo- our boy Willem already nailed it. Our boy sure. Willem Ooh. already did it. Why'd you spill your beans, Spider Man? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you like that. I do that like one? that. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. <laughs> Run away. Um, I have been chasing after the lighthouse for months, pretty much ever since we opened up the theater. And I'm so excited that a date has finally been released. And I am so excited to really try and get that opening night at the theater. Yeah. I will try very hard. If you need, you know, anything, yeah. any leg work done. Okay. Yeah. You got it. Ring me. You got my number. Yeah. You got a passport, right? I do. Yeah. A might couple. Have, I, gotta, to, I have a couple. Of them. Might have to uh, fly out somewhere and have you go, uh. Grease some wheels, I rub can, some shoulders. I can add some grease to some some wheels if you need if need be. Uh, we've already had a really great Green Goblin, however more heightened in uh, reality that Sam Raimi's might have been, and we already had an amazing Doc Ock. You know, so yeah. I really like the idea that they're utilizing like Vulture and Mysterio. I would take two really good Doc Ocks. We'll talk about that. In a I second. mean, obviously they have to be building towards a kind of Sinister Six kind of thing. Sure, where but they could even just those... use an illusion of Mysterio instead of actually being Mysterio. Yeah, and yeah. I'm really interested in. I like that Craven. They're okay. making Craven, Craven the Hunter. So, so the yeah, director yeah. said he yes, loves Craven. He wants to do a Craven movie. Yes, yes, but yes, the yes, thing yes, is, yes, so yes, many yes, of yes, these yes, villain yes, properties are tied up by Sony right now. Yes, 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 yes. And I think they're making a Craven movie. Yes, 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 yes. So, are you saying yes, 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 crossover? Perhaps? No, I'm just like it's all hope. Craven would, for me. Craven would be cool. Especially because Craven, Craven be awesome. well, they, they're setting up well because if everyone knows Peter Parker, then that means Craven would know Boom. and it's very easy to hunt him after then. So. All right, nerds. I don't want to derail this again, but we've spent a lot of time talking about what could happen after this movie and not a lot of time talking about this movie. Yeah, itself. we talked about the Mysterio. Yeah. We talked about the... Okay, Craven. what do you got? Okay, how about this? What do you guys Italia. think about MJ in this movie? Great. The whole MJ, because really, that's like a huge yeah. part of this Wasn't movie. Wasn't sold right? on her in Homecoming, very sold on her in this one. Well, I mean, she gets a lot more screen time in this. Yes. She's in the movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I she's, yeah. she's a nice little bit of flavor in the first movie. Right. Like, she has that, like, probably the best line in the movie, mm-hmm. the, like, line at the Washington Monument. But, yeah. um, she, yeah, she's a much more of a character. In I just movie. like how different she is. She yeah. adds such, she adds, like, such a different texture to that character. 
yeah that we haven't seen before and um you know i'm i'm very excited to see what her and peter's chemistry will be going forward the only thing like i was like kind of trepidatious about was like they didn't really seem to know each other super well and like peter kind of immediately liking her like didn't feel super soul to me but then it's like they're kids. I think also, so. yeah, like you just like kind of do that. Yeah, so you I'm see like, somebody. It's like the whole idea of that's where love at first sight comes from. Is like when I you're mean, just like, I got a crush on you. All the rest of the normies now. in his class, she's like the one that's kind of like a little bit weirder, mm-hmm. a little bit edgier. Always kind of like looks dour. Reads like books and stuff. All and she's the time. funny, and he's a funny yeah. guy. Even though yeah. he's not funny like as Peter Parker, everybody. He's a funny guy as Spider Man, and yeah. yeah, he kind of sees that in her too. He's like, oh, she's got a fun attitude. He's a little crush. I I, 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 I felt the same way about you. Ravi, when I first met you, and then a little crush on you, a little crush, yeah. a little crush, yeah. and I was just like, "Hey!" I was all dour and sad all the time. Yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and reading yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. you just like, yeah, I was poking some roadkill earlier today. I was like, "Yo, Robbie's hot." Yo, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. He got really close to that roadkill. <laughs> I liked when they had the scene with Peter Parker and MJ when Peter's like trying to kind of like like after the the. uh what do they call him? Elemental was defeated. The like, elemental, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fun uh, shit. yeah. And uh, you know, he's about to try to tell it. Like, I don't know, I gotta tell you something, and she's just like, "Oh, you're Spider Man." Like that yeah. line was very worst good. thing to put in the trailer, too. Yeah, completely. Did they put that, did they put dude, the they put it in the fucking trailer. Oh, uh, that's stupid. and it completely deflated the situation for me because at that point I had been advertising playing it at the theater because yeah. we did it for that quick so week. Seen it a bunch, so I watched yeah. all the trailers and cut together our own trailers and stuff, and I was like, "Why would they put that?" In the trailer. It's a big moment. It's, it's a, a good huge, moment. I thought yeah. it was maybe going to be towards the beginning and that was going to be a whole yeah. thing. No, and maybe it was a joke. But no, she's just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that you're that. And that's really fun because it kind of breaks into MJ who, you know, or Mary Jane in the comics and everything being a reporter yeah. and being right, an yeah. investigator. And right. that's really fucking neat that they did that in this very fun, weird way. Yeah. Which they explore a lot more in, in the most recent game. Yeah. Which we'll talk about more. It's definitely yeah, I think on. MJ in the past few years has been handled a lot better because, uh, you know, the Raymond movies we all remember fondly, but the characterization of MJ in those films are just subpar at best. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah, she's like she's like the classic MJ yeah. in the comics and stuff. And again, in the comics too, like in the late in the late nineties, early aughts, MJ started becoming more of a they would break up and MJ would become kind of her own solidary character and stuff. Right. And they would always kind of do those restructures. Yeah. With MJ, like that's kind of typical in the comics. You can only do the same thing twice a month or sometimes four times a month yeah. for so many years before you're kind of like, all right, we need to put something in there. That's yeah. why you have all the big like Marvel and DC summer events where they just kind of try to shake up the system a little bit and be like, now there's no more mutants. Won't that be fun for a year? Maybe. And then we get sick of it in six months and go, okay, I don't know. The mutants are back, but only some of them. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know, I, I I think MJ is a lot of fun in this movie, yeah. and uh, I'm just glad we got to see her more. I think Zendaya is great, and uh, I'm excited She's to see fantastic. them. She's fantastic. She's so good. She's so, She's so good. You know who else is good? Mm-hmm. She would tell Edge for a scar in The Lion King. If you're not going to get Jeremy Irons, that's, yeah. a, that's a good one. He is so – the scar design and, like, I'm still rolling on that where it's just like – You just that's saw the it. Best this, that's the real part hot of take. that movie is Chiwetel Ejiofor is just like I, – I don't necessarily agree with some of the changes in dialogue and some of the different framing. Framing is my biggest issue with that where – we talked very briefly about it. Yeah. The framing of The Lion King, they're trying to copy a little bit too much without being inspired by and that's the big one, but – Chiwetel Ejiofor's performance is in a in a landscape of a lot of big performances, uh, only half of which probably actually work. 
Yeah. Um, his is like really, really fucking cool. And it's in Zendaya and the Spider-Man movie, which is what we're talking <laughs> it's about. Also very is cool. also the same thing where it's like, yeah. it's so easy for that performance to not work and yeah. this take to not work. And she nails it. Mm-hmm. She makes it her own 100%. It is her version of MJ. It is yeah. unique to her. There's not, I mean, Maybe there's something closer to it in the comic books, but from my knowledge, she, this is no. her entire unique. It's pretty new unique. Thing. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. she adds her flair to it. There's a little there's a little bit of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man MJ in there, but like not yeah, really not at the even, same time. Like, Ultimate Spider-Man's like the one I'm the most. Well, because she with. does the whole like she's popular and then she becomes unpopular because she goes through some shit and then yeah. and then I, she's kind of dark and stuff. There's I feel a little you. bit, but like yeah, I'm I'm reaching like for something in my. Head. I I get what you're saying, but like I think. The thing that really informs this performance is just like Zendaya being Zendaya, and she she kind of having her own brand as an actress. Has anybody here seen that. The Last Showman? No. Nope. Or The Greatest Showman. Sorry, that's what it's called, The Greatest Showman. The one with Hugh Jackman. With right? Hugh Jackman, yeah, Zendaya is in that. Yeah. The Last Showman. In I want to watch Euphoria because I hear Euphoria slaps. I hear Euphoria is like rated R Degrassi, which I am. <laughs> yeah, that's how <laughs> that you. Sounds, that's yeah, how that you sell like me. Purge, that sounds like a Mike Perch show. <laughs> uh, so we're getting towards the end of the episode real quick. So why don't we uh, try and like wrap up just like general ideas about Spider-Man Far From Home. I think we we touched on like the three main characters. Yeah. Talked a little bit about Nick Fury. Uh, Aunt May's still hot. Uh, I got it. Aunt May's yeah, still, I, that was Aunt May. Aunt May's still hot. Still hot. Aunt, Aunt, Aunt May and, and Happy really is like the other kind of thing that's going on in this. Even, even Eleanor is like, why do they make Aunt May so hot? Like it's distracting me. Well, that might be a personal issue. Yeah, I your mean, wife it, might have to this, just like it, it, think listen, about it. Also, she can't handle this. Uh, she she just can't also, handle this America heat. It was this Marissa Tomei. Marissa, heat. Marissa Tomei. I'm not used to it going above eighty degrees. Marissa Tomei. Oh yeah, yeah. She just gets hotter in every movie. Also. Yeah, it, well, because they're de-aging her. Yeah, or she's de-aging herself. And by hot, know. we're talking about how attractive she is, right? She's very. Yeah. I just and, wanted to make sure. But I was also, she plays the role very well. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, that's She's phenomenal. Yeah, to, to, like, to pull back from the discussion of her being super attractive is like, you know, another. We normally re-inter- wouldn't do this, but she's so hot. It's ridiculous. But well, also, Tom Holland's like, also hot too. True. And Jake Gyllenhaal, we were gushing over that beard. That's, there's that's, not a there's not an ugly the person. Sky in the is, look, 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 the sky is blue. I'll bring it, I'll bring it right Come back down now. to ground real quick. I would rather fuck Jake Gyllenhaal than Marissa Tomei. Personally, me, that's my own thing. Fair they would have to be okay with it, and of course, I would wine and dine them first. They would probably pay because come on, they got the money. But like honestly, I would go with the JG over the MT. No one's arguing that. Thank you. Fair enough. But I think You'd be uh, a fool too. But I think another another example of a character being remixed and reworked in a way that's just like, you know, hot May has never really quite been seen before. And again, like, I'm here for it. I'm just, you know, I'm just so glad that the flavors, the elements, the motifs, the themes, the characterizations in these Spider-Man movies, like, are so different that they have become their own. It's not different for the sake of being different. It's just like it could easily have been. That's what they should be. Yeah. Yeah. They They should be as far removed from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man as as far removed from the comics as they can be. The the farthest from Amazing Spider-Man you ever can be, the films. I still haven't seen the second one. I'm so excited to finally watch that. The the trailers were trh. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Resident Spider-Man historian Robert Anderson, answer this question for me, will you please? I can try. Which film is worse Spider-Man 3 or Amazing Spider-Man 2? Uh, Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 2 without a fucking doubt. Yeah, Spider-Man is, is 3 the... has some fun elements to it. The whole thing is just kind of a mess. Watching Spider-Man watch 3, it. at least you have a fucking six-pack and you can watch it and be like, this is fucking fine, yeah. I guess. 
it's not like it's not a good movie, especially compared to like one of the biggest achievements in like superhero storytelling sure. achieved right before it. Amazing Spider-Man Two is like crawling through mud made of glass, and yeah. it's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's the Dark Knight of the the Spider-Man series. Yeah, in our Dark Knight Rises, the Dark Knight. The it's amazing one of the greatest Spider- superhero no, no, movies no, ever. Amazing, one of the greatest amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, all right. It's one of the it's the Dark Knight of the zoo. I thought that's what we were talking about. Electro is so good. So thank you so much for joining us for this very quick episode talking about that Spider-Man FFH. Uh, we are actually uh, going to be taking a long break here for a quick moment. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, Spider-Man the video game. But it's not going to be in the same episode. We're going to be swapping hosts and shows. And we're going to be jumping on over to uh, Talking Simulator. So, And we're going to be talking about Spider-Man, uh, the PS4 game, which we have all played. Marvel's Spider-Man. Marvel's is Spider-Man. The, the, the PS4. The title. Which is uh, just on the PS4, which makes me feel good that I swapped over from Xbox a few years ago. You made the right choice. The right choice. Yes. Uh, we'll see if you swap back to Xbox next, next gen. Maybe we'll bring that up after the uh, the break. You're not getting Spider-Man. Yeah, that's that's a uh, geeky talking. No, 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 talk. you, my my you, drunken nah, alcoholic nah. listeners don't want to hear that shit. All right, fair. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, thank you Save so it much for the nerds. Th- thank you so much for joining me for this. And you know, we're not going anywhere. We're gonna keep talking. Thank but you for having us. For you listeners, uh, this has been Robert Anderson. Jack Holjeski. Jack Holjeski, Mike Burns, talking about that stuff. Uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe, especially on iTunes. We are on Spotify now, too, so you can load up on over there. Rate, review, subscribe over there. Really helps us to get it out there. I mean, we're already, like, one of the best podcasts in the Hudson Valley, so it's not a big deal. Sure. So let's make it New York State, and then let's make it America, and then let's make it the world, guys. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, find us on the interwebs at storyscreenbeacon.com. Inter- Loads of reviews. Interwebs? The interwebs. Webs. You know how much I sacrifice? You know how much I sacrifice? Uh, and you can also find us on Twitter at story underscore screen and Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon. And if you live in the area of Beacon, New York, we have the lovely Story Screen Beacon Theater that we are running now to a full T. We are showing a slew of awesome revivals, first runs, second runs, indies, big guys. A lot of really fun stuff coming up. We've got the horror show coming up soon, too. So keep Holy your shit. eyes peeled for that. Yeah, yes. dude, it's going to be wild. Wow, with a real theater this time. Yeah, it's going to oh be my. good. Uh, oh thank my. you guys again so much for listening. And uh, definitely check us out next week when we pop back on Talking Simulator to talk dat M-S-M-P-S-4. Don't tell Harry. No, don't tell Harry. Don't tell, don't tell Harry. Tell Harry. He oh. Was, he was killed. Oh. oh. Sink. Oh. Sink. He was killed by his own glider. That's oh, that's the, yeah, that's the that's the butler the butler guy. being the butler like, guy. hey, I've been a character. He's in all of the movies. He's in every single movie. He's like, I've been a character the whole lines. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, phenomenal performance by Zendaya. Phenomenal. As the glider. As the, no, as the butler. <laughs> She's an amazing actress. <laughs> I think she was like three years old when she did that. I corrected him. Oh, Imagine oh, it was that guy. <laughs> it is that guy. It's, it's Grady from guy. Shining. It's not that guy. Charles Grady or Delbert Grady. Which is it? Oh, Kubrick's messing with yeah, you, you got me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. There it is. That's it.
Blah, blah. Hello, my name is Mike Burge. I am Mike Burge. Hello, I am Mike Burge. Testing, testing. Hello, hi. It's me, Mario. Totally. It's me, Mario. <laughs>